From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm Siri Bulusu. This week, we talk about the biggest overhaul of the international tax system in decades, if the OECD can pull it off. The project is aimed at taxing the fast-changing economy, which is increasingly global and digital. That presents some unique challenges to a tax system largely based on physical goods and -and brick-and-mortar shops. Joining us is Isabel Gottlieb, a reporter at Bloomberg Tax. She's here to catch us up on the latest goings-on at the OECD. Isabel, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. At the center of this international tax overhaul is what's being called the digital tax debate. Tell us a little bit about what that is and why the OECD is trying to rewrite these international tax rules in the first place. The way we determine how much tax a multinational pays in any given country is essentially designed for 20th century companies. It's a system of domestic laws and tax treaties that include provisions, for example, saying that a company um, has to have physical presence, like a certain number of employees or an office, to meet a taxable threshold in a country. Um, And the countries that get to tax most of a multinational's profits are the ones where companies have headquarters, do research and development, or keep their intellectual property, for example. But now we have a lot of countries saying those rules just don't work that well when we're talking about a modern tech company that makes its money, for example, selling ads based on user data. Imagine a company that isn't set up in France, but can make money selling ads in French aimed at French people. France, under current law, um, would not get to tax much or any of those profits. So that's the problem. And France actually wasn't just a hypothetical example. They've gone ahead and instituted a tax on the revenues of tech giants to try to resolve this problem in the short term. Now, in the longer term, there's been a big international push for a global solution, a global rewrite of these rules. And the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, which is an international forum for making economic policy, is spearheading the effort um, on this big global tax overhaul. More and more countries, in the meantime, are taking unilateral measures like France's. That has companies really worried they're going to be taxed twice on the same income. And we're now starting to see this issue spill over into the trade space. The U.S., for example, announced it's considering tariffs on French imports over the French digital services tax. So there's a lot of companies and countries calling for a multilateral solution at the OECD, but it's not going to be easy to get there. The support for a multilateral solution is probably stemming from companies and countries wanting to make sure there's no overlap on taxing the same profits and also making sure that there's international certainty for these companies so that they know what they're getting themselves into. Tell us a little bit about what approaches the OECD is taking in order to address all the moving parts and problems. The organization is trying to rewrite the rules and agreements that decide how much tax multinationals pay to the countries where they operate. And they've been working against a deadline of finding agreement on a solution in 2020. 
Now, to be clear, the OECD isn't making a digital tax. What it's doing is trying to rewrite the rules that potentially apply to all companies, so both digital and non-digital companies could be affected. As you alluded to, there's actually a number of different concerns they're trying to address. So the plan is doing a few different things. It's trying to reallocate some more corporate profits to the countries where users and consumers are, rather than where companies have their headquarters. It's also seeking to make some of these rules simpler and more formulaic than they are now, which is really important for resource-strained countries who say they need an easier way to administer international tax rules. Finally, the rules are also seeking to make sure companies pay at least some minimum rate of tax, which would reduce the incentives for them to move their profits to very low tax jurisdictions. I don't think it's hyperbolic to say we're on the verge of the biggest change in international tax in many, many decades. But that's only if all of the countries, as 137 of them, can agree on a solution. Those 137 countries are meeting in January and again in June. They're trying to agree on what this project is doing and start to really nail down the principles of the plan. It's going to be a few more years past that before these rules and changes start to be implemented. But it means that the first half of 2020 is going to be crucial. So this digital tax debate has sort of snowballed into a much, much larger question about overhauling the entire international tax system. So now that we're getting to crunch time, do you think it's possible for the OECD to come up with something that everyone will agree to? You know, Anybody involved in this process would tell you it's going to be a really big challenge. These are some of the fundamentals of the global tax system. There's still a ton of technical and design questions to be answered, but actually the political challenges are going to be really big too. The outcome of this project is probably going to see at least some companies paying more in tax globally. But It's also going to mean that corporate profits will move from some countries to others. And that means that those technical design questions are going to um, have answers that are economically good for some countries and not so good for others. That's going to create new winners and losers. So getting agreement will be tough. Now, it's interesting. We're actually seeing this debate play out in public. The French finance minister, Bruno Le Maire, had been saying in December that the U.S. was going to back out of the negotiations. In what looks like a direct response, Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin wrote a letter to the OECD, and Treasury released it publicly, assuring everyone that the U.S. is definitely still participating, but... And it's an important but. He thinks companies should have the choice to either opt in or opt out of the profit reallocation rules, which will decide where those companies are taxed. Now, this was huge. Some people said this could blow up negotiations. It's going to make it difficult to find consensus. Even the OECD sent a response back to the U.S. saying, 
thanks for your letter, we're concerned about this, <laughs> making it more difficult to reach consensus among all of these countries. There's still a lot we have to see about how countries react to the U.S. proposal, whether the plan will still work if it's optional, whether other countries will go along. There's a lot still up in the air at this point. These unilateral tax measures, like the ones that France is imposing with its digital services tax, these are being used as points of leverage as the digital tax debate rages on. Um, but at the same time, you know, France is saying that they'll repeal that tax once consensus is reached. So so what happens if the OECD doesn't actually reach an agreement by the 2020 deadline? It's a great question. We're already starting to see what the global tax landscape might look like for companies, and especially those big digital companies, if the OECD work doesn't succeed. France, as you point out, passed a law in July, which is effective from the start of 2019, which taxes 3% of the French revenues of tech giants. And since then, we've seen measures from other countries that are pretty similar, ranging from Austria to Turkey. Um, the UK and Canada are both talking seriously about their own digital services taxes, just to name a few. Now, if you talk to those tech companies that are getting hit by the taxes, they are really worried about this. It's double tax, triple tax, their income is getting pulled in all these directions. And these are also, as it turns out, a big compliance burden because in many cases they're asking the companies to keep records of where their users are, who sees ads, things like that in ways that they're not currently tracking that information. So it, it's expensive and um, annoying and turns into a real problem once it's not just a handful of countries, but dozens and dozens of them. There's also the trade consideration here, which is that the U.S. has been getting really angry about these digital services taxes. And that's because it's largely American companies that are hit by them. Think of the Silicon Valley giants as the targets of these taxes, more or less. President Trump has commented on this. The U.S. trade representative is looking into tariffs on France over this issue. The U.S. has said they would go after other countries for going through with similar measures as France's. So there's the potential for this to escalate. All in all, that means that no OECD agreement could lead to a global tax landscape that's more fragmented than it's been in the last century. Different measures all over the place and throw in some trade wars as well. The OECD's recently held meetings on the, the two important pillars of this debate, the profit allocation and minimum tax measures. Um, and there's another meeting coming up at the end of January. So what is it that sources are telling you? And what is it that you'll be watching for from this January meeting? There were a lot of public comments that came back from the fall consultations. There were groups like businesses, trade and industry associations, NGOs, civil society groups, all commenting on the design, scope, scale, simplicity. Everyone had something to say about these rules. That means that January is going to be really interesting. We'll see the 137 countries discuss and consider these proposals in their current form for the first time. 
and start working towards agreement. In June, the countries will get together again. In the best case scenario, they agree on everything and time to move forward and implement everything. And then that'll be a few more years of work. It's also possible that they agree on things broadly and continue working on some of the details. Or don't agree. Of course, the other thing we're watching is what the response is to Secretary Mnuchin's letter, how that plays out with countries, where the U.S. ends up standing in all of these negotiations. It's going to be a really interesting next first half of the year. Thanks so much for joining us, Isabel. Thanks, Siri. That's all for this week's episode. For more tax and accounting news, you can visit news.bloombergtax.com. You can also follow us at tax on Twitter. And just a heads up, we'll be taking the next two weeks off for the holiday. From Washington, I'm Siri Belusu. Thanks for listening. Hey, I'm Adam Allington. I'm the host of a new show from Bloomberg Environment called The Business of Bees. Here's what you need to know about it. We travel around the country talking to people at every corner of the honeybee ecosystem. This is the largest managed pollination event on Earth. In fact, commercial beekeeping is more important to farming than ever before. But bees are also under threat from pesticides and invasive pests and mysterious diseases. It's sort of like Christmas when you go to the hive in December and you open the lid. You just hope somebody's home. If you're interested in bees too, I think you might like the show. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts.